Hello, folks, and welcome back to Nick and Dan's Bible Study Podcast. This is our third episode now. If you're just catching up with us, you can check out those first two episodes. Each week, we uh, read and study some scripture. We talk about what it might mean for our lives individually as disciples, collectively as disciples, as congregations of disciples and a region and and networks of disciples uh, uh, across the world. And so we're excited to share with you from God's Word and discuss about, again, what it means for for our lives. Uh, In this moment, we've been talking about, chatting about things that are kind of unique to our current moment. If you're watching later on, we are recording this one during the COVID-19 pandemic here in the U.S. at least. And currently, our congregations are not gathering in person, at least most of them, or is certainly not with large gatherings uh, at this point. So things are different. We're a little bit off our game, and Nick and I are enjoying the opportunity that we have to think about uh, what's going on now, to think about what we normally do and what that means. And so uh, we're excited. Uh, we're excited about that. Nick, you're excited? <laughs> <laughs> you got to prompt me to say it, but yeah, I'm excited too. With all the possibilities. Hey, disruption is always, you know, disruption is a good thing. It gives you the opportunity to, to evaluate what you're doing and, and, you know, change, maybe improve the process. So this is, it's a good period of time. Yeah. We were, we were just chatting before we hit go about how, uh, you know, there's oftentimes things that we maybe should think more deeply about, but we don't because we're so busy just kind of going through, uh, the ministry, the motions, the things, the activities that we always have going on. It takes up for a lot of us so much of our time that it's hard for us to take a step back and sort of look at mm-hmm. what we're doing, why we're doing it, uh, and whether it really has deep foundational connection to the biblical mandates that we have. And that's one of the things that we're going to be chatting uh, a bit about today. How do we think about uh, some aspect about what we normally do in terms of what the Bible, particularly the New Testament, and here we'll see Jesus uh, actually says about something that's pretty important. And what we're going to kind of tie into today is the idea, the question of of worship. Now, this, like discipleship we talked about last week, is a huge area. Uh, we will not hit every aspect of it. There will be things that we that we leave out that we don't cover, things that are important to you that we might not talk about. I think, uh, Nick, what I want to talk about is some of the things that sometimes don't get talked about, mm-hmm. uh, some of the aspects that kind of uh, I think the Bible points towards, but that we don't necessarily think through uh, all that deeply. And so we're going to root our time here about 30 minutes or so. We're only a few minutes in, so we got a good amount of time here still. In John chapter 4, John chapter 4, many of you will be familiar with the larger context of it. It's the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. It's only in John's gospel. So Nick, I'm thankful that John John wrote a gospel and we have it because otherwise we wouldn't know uh, this story and this uh, teaching. There's a whole lot of context to it. A whole lot of things that Jesus and this woman discuss that are fantastic and good uh, good discussion, but we're not going to talk about all of that. We're going to talk about one question that she asks Jesus, and in particular, his response, and what that response means for us as we think about this here today. So 
Um, in John, again, chapter 4, and this is verse 19. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. So her, her question, Nick, interesting, interestingly, right, relates towards location, mm-hmm which is something that people are thinking about right now a little bit, right? Christians are thinking about it. Pastors are thinking about it. We have a location, a a geographical point in our towns, in our neighborhoods, in our communities that we typically associate with the idea of worship, right? That's right. Um, And so that usually involves a particular building. For some of us, that building has a steeple on top of it. Uh, for for uh, a lot of us, not all, uh, but when we drive by particular buildings, uh, we know what that building is uh, is intended to be about or to represent. For others of us um, l- listening here, we have buildings that are particularly designed not to look like that. But in any case, the vast majority still have a have a physical location, a spot on the map. And when they think in their minds worship, they think of that place. They think of a time, yes, a day, yes, right, and all and, and all of those things. And um, this uh, this woman did as well too. And uh, you know, not surprisingly, throughout much of the Old Testament, we're not going to do an Old Testament survey, but but that's this certainly is a is a big uh, piece of the history and the puzzle. The worship being uh, specifically in Jerusalem, specifically in the temple, and that is how um, how the uh, Jewish folks thought. She, um, not going there, had a different idea. But anyway, so so, so I'm gonna, before you keep going, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna you gotta go, stop me, Nick. You gotta. I'm gonna go go with just what you said because there was some there was a revelation really that came out of this process, this COVID season. I'll say um, that relates to just that portion of it, and then it'll lead into where you're going next, yeah, right? Yeah. So when 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 the when the um, state first said mandate or not mandate i shouldn't say that because the churches were not mandated to close but when the when the state came out and instituted the social distancing and everything and all of a sudden it became very apparent that that time and that place was not going to be open to the churches any longer that worship wasn't going to occur on sunday mornings you know in sense of community it caused shockwaves like people people didn't know what to do with that at first and there was a backlash on it like you can't take that away. You can't take that away. What it, and it, it almost emphasized, and when I said you're, I'm leading into the next piece you're going to read, it almost emphasized the point that we have became, we've become so obsessed with that Sunday morning corporate worship in a lot of ways where we don't realize that's just one piece of our cultural worship, right? Because, right. and again, it's, it's sometimes I, I, I share this and I, you want to make people shudder. Like Sunday morning worship is a, cultural form of worship. It's not that what we're doing there is not, it's just the form, the form of it in that building at that time, at that place, the singing of our songs and whether it's hymns or, or modern songs, whatever that might be, that is something that will change over time. The concept of worship won't, but boy, did this virus open up this idea that, man, you take Sunday away from us. We're kind of lost a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could get even more specific though into 
just talking about the play. I mean, there's like, you know, there's various factors that are, that are in there all, oh. even just if we just talk about the place, because that, that in, in a sense is the focus of, of this conversation that Jesus and Sheer having, but to, to bring it into our current times, many, most congregations are still doing something Sunday morning around the same time online. Right. Right. Very few are meeting in person. Uh, right now, but most are doing the same thing. I, I, I'm the same thing. They're doing something that's some kind of proximity at the same time, but they're still freaking out about the place. Right now, part of that, to be fair, I think is the idea of the face-to-face gathering, not mm-hmm. not so much the place. So we can we can kind of parse that out too. Uh, I I like to think and hope that the primary thing that people are missing is the, is the being together. Right. Uh, because that togetherness is important. I would, I would argue. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, that's, that's one of the things, the fellowship, because the fellowship is a critical part of who we are, the, the coming together, the holding each other up. Um, you know, but I, I think too, to a degree, um, because we were kicked out of the place and we're not gathering together, we're still gathering through zoom and different channels like that. Um, but what's happened is other avenues have now flourished in terms of fellowship too. I mean, right. there are a lot more phone calls being done to check in on people. There are a lot more Zoom meetings taking place. We may be arguably seeing each other more than we were before because now all I have to do is turn my computer on. I don't have to go anywhere. Um, so again, I mean, in the spirit of the good that's come out of this, that's one of the things that has. And hopefully some of those things will continue on. It's not about, you know, it's not about the place. We can worship in a lot of different ways outside of that, but yeah. But still, a lot of a lot of people, and 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 you know, different people have different ideas and stuff. But some are just really, really, um, they have a sense of anxiety about not being in the place. I think, yes, it ain't like they're just like they're just like grasping for like the second that it's a possibility to be back in the place. And, and I, and I get that for some people, you know, it's the history, it's being in that setting that they just know that they're focused in, in that time. And those, none of those are bad things, Nick. Right. Um, but we just need to be careful that we don't, we don't make more. Anyway, let's get into the, well, wait a minute. Now you, ahead, you, you, you went down a path and I'm going to go down that path a little bit All further. Right. So the, what, what, what we have to be, I think, concerned about and, this is one of those things that we have to look inside ourselves if we're one that is doing this, right? If getting back to that place, like we're, we're now in a period of time where we're starting to think about what happens when we all come back together. If being in that place is the most important thing, right? If being hurrying back to that place, even before the experts are saying it's safe to go back to that place, or there are still risks in going back to that place. If we're in a hurry to go back to that place, then we really need to do a heart check, right? Because what God would require would be for us to care about each other and our well-being more so than any place. Um, you know, the whole love your neighbor, right? That's the most important thing to God. So, you know, again, it's one of these moments where I would say the good thing is that we've been kicked out of the place and the measure, I always like to talk about the heart measures, like measure yourself against scripture. Well, the heart measure here is if you're in such a hurry to get back to that place that you're willing to risk you know, potentially getting people sick or, or whatever it might be, you really have to do a heart check because that does not stand against scripture. Yeah. 
yeah, that's great. I mean, something, something certainly to, uh, to be thinking about what's, you know, what's our priorities and kind of, and how do we weigh out the, you know, the risks versus the advantages and, 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 uh, and, and all that. It would be, it'd be really interesting, Nick. Um, I don't think this is going to be the case, but it would be an interesting hypothetical if say we could gather face to face in a different place with 10 or 20% more degree of safety, or we could gather in the traditional place that we're used to with just that little bit less safety, what would we choose? Yeah, that's true. I mean, people do like their comfort. They like the comfort of the surrounding. So, so I'm suggesting that the, the desire to be together face to face is a good desire. Um, and, and the desire to be in a particular familiar location is not a bad thing, but neither, neither ought it to be necessarily a priority. And, um, let's, we could, <laughs> we're going to talk, we, we need to get back to our story here. So let's, get, let's just get this out there and then we'll be able to continue on our, our discussion. And, and of course, many, most of those listening will know, uh, what this is about and, and, and where we're going with it. So here, and it's still in John chapter four, verse 21, Jesus says, woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. We're not going to go into depth on, on that stuff uh, here today. Verse 23, yet a time is coming. And has now come. So we, so we know specifically that it's not just a future thing. It's a now, especially for us, a current thing. Uh, time is coming and is now coming when true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his, worship, his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So Jesus, as Jesus does all this time, which is one of the things that I love about him. He changes the conversation. He doesn't accept the, he doesn't accept the parameters of the question. He, Jesus is like the king of paradigm shifting, Nick. I think, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's saying you, you're thinking within this paradigm, this place or that place, is it a traditional church sanctuary? Is it warehouse church? Is it House church? Is it outdoor church? Is it movie theater church? Is it beach church? Jesus is saying, you're asking the wrong question. You're having the wrong conversation, <laughs> right? You're talking about right. what's the best physical location. Jesus is saying, it's not about the location. Um, it's about something else, right? It's about worshiping in spirit and in truth. So it's, it's about you know, I don't know, he doesn't he doesn't get into specifics, so I guess there's some interpretation there, right? Some wiggle well, room. Yeah, but, but scripture scripture gets into it. I mean, okay. worship God is very clear in scripture about what godly worship is. And it's amazing to me how much culture um or how much our culture takes us not necessarily away from what God calls for, but certainly prioritizes other things. It's almost like in this story where one is trying to say this mountain and the other is trying to say Jerusalem. Look, it's not about the songs that we sing. It's not about the time that we meet. It's not about Sunday morning. It's not about a building. It's not about any of that. What it all is about is 
you know, uh, um, um, seek justice, love mercy, walk humbly with your God, love your neighbor, love your God, you know, before all things, love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the things that God specifically conveys to us that are the heart of worship, right? But yeah. we make it about Sunday morning or we make it about songs or we make it about a lot of things. When in reality, those things, if those things are done in a manner that leads us to grow in our desires to seek justice, love mercy, walk humbly, if they, if they lead us to those places, if they, if, if Sunday morning gives us truly a heart to understand Jesus motives better, to understand God's desires better then that worship is, is, is rich and wonderful. But if it is just coming together once a week to sing songs and hear scripture, that's not, that's not the worship God's God calls for. That's, you know, again, it's not that it's a bad thing, but hopefully it's, it's a tool that's leading us towards what God calls for, because that's like, like us as man telling God what he should want from us. No, God's going to tell us what he does want for us. And ours is to respond to that. So, yeah, yeah, this is huge. This is huge. This is, this is so important. And it's actually a theme that carries through uh, old Testament to new as well. Although what Jesus kind of unveils there to this woman, what we see continued on throughout the new Testament is a substantial shift from the old Testament. But Mm-hmm. In the old time, I mean, you, and you just quoted, you know, a couple of, of things in there as well. The one that comes to my mind is the idea uh, to obey is better than sacrifice. And one of the things that comes out uh, in the in, in the uh, Old Testament prophets uh, again and again is this idea, sort of 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 hypocrisy, in the sense that people continue to go through all of the motions, right? They continue to go to the temple. They continued to offer their sacrifices. They continued to uh, to do all of those things, but they mistreated the poor. Mm, right. right. They didn't walk in humility. They they didn't honor their neighbor. Um, they didn't they're basically Nick to to what you're saying, their worship did not transform their lives. And that made God, dare I say, even angry. Right. Right? That that, and so if there's a lack of connection there, and now probably for a lot of us, it's not hopefully that bad where there's a total hypocrisy. Although that does happen sometimes, right? Where we 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 praise God, at, you know, in a gathering on a Sunday morning, and then we we're doing something totally, you know, terrible the next the next day. Although that does happen, but for but for more of us probably, and I would include myself potentially in this category at times not an effort to judge others. We have this moment of something significant. And then the next day is more just kind of blah, Mm. you know, my heart's in pursuit of God in a song, but then the next day I'm just kind of back to the other pursuits of life, you know, right. That's kind of more to it. God, Uh, God's the priority for that one or two hours on Sunday morning, but he's not the priority for the rest of the week. That's a problem. Um, Here's another problem. And I thought this is kind of where you were going, but I, you know, I'll go there yet. <laughs> the, the, the you know, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the the organized faith back in Jesus' day institutionalized religion to the point where the institution was, in fact, more important in daily life than God Himself. The institution became the issue, and so today, one of the things we have to guard against is the church as business, right? you know, it, it, the church is never about the institution. It's never about the running of the building. It's never about, and yet 
So much of our time is spent doing exactly that. How many hours administratively is the pastor working? How much is the, you know, the fuel bill for the church? How, you know, we spend all our time focused on that. And oh, by the way, yeah, we'll visit when we can or, you know, whatever. So we have to guard against the exact same thing that scripture would speak out about. And that is turning the church into a business because it's not, and it never will be. It, it never will be. It's always about God, right? Well, it's Jesus, always about the mission. Yeah. Jesus turned over the, over the tables in the temple, right? Because Absolutely. they had made the word. And even, even without that whole money changing thing that Jesus dealt with, you know, even without that, it, it would have been easy for them to look at the whole temple functioning just in a business, you know, if everything goes smoothly, all the sacrifices happen. I'm talking about Old Testament now. All the sacrifices happen correctly and the people come and go and do their thing and it's all smooth, then mm. it's thumbs up. But but again, it wasn't if if those things hadn't transformed their lives. And the same thing is true with the Old Testament law, right? Even the, the Ten Commandments was never intended to be a checklist. It was intended to teach them God's heart and God's ways. Now, both of those things didn't work the way that they were intended to, and that's the power of the new of the of the new covenant. But Nick, I want to just bring in one more uh, passage of scripture. We could mention we maybe we'll mention more. We're on twenty minutes. We've got about ten left here, um, and that's Romans chapter twelve hmm. uh, because it. I mean, as soon as you start quoting. Micah six and stuff. Um, this just came right to my mind as well because it's so, and I love how scripture connects together. I mean, it's just so, and, uh, you and I have talked about before that it's the, it's the themes. It's the things that come up again and again and again and again that we really need to focus on because sometimes Nick, our friends like to pick on little stuff, right. That occurs one place and make it a whole big thing. When there's just these big themes. Um, anyway, Romans chapter 12, just the first uh, the, the first uh, verse there. So, um, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. That's in the uh, NIV translation here. And interestingly, that in John chapter four, we just looked at, Jesus said that those who uh, worshiped will worship in spirit and truth. And here Paul in, in Romans chapter 12 says that your true and proper uh, worship service, if you will, your, your service of worship, you're giving yourself over to God is offering your very self to him mm as a living sacrifice. That's what he's after. Right. And, and you know, what's interesting. Um, that's a blanket statement. There's no hesitation there. When we go to Romans 12, it's not do this up until the point that you can do this up into the point where you might think it should go a different direction. It is absolute. You have to fully commit, humble yourself to what God says. And it, it's almost the, um, the reason I say that is going back to the dumping of the tables in the temple court, right? Look, the one time where, where Jesus loses it, right? He loses it. It's like, I'm throwing tables, I'm pulling the bull whip out and I'm going after people Yeah, is against the church for the most part. It's a, it's against the institution that had become corrupt, right? That's when he loses it. He didn't lose it when they were pounding stakes in his, you know, or, or you know, nails into his arms. He didn't. He, he submitted there like there where he lost it was when the people of God 
turn from the word of God. And so I look at that today and, and go, you know, some of the things I've seen in the recent context, you say Romans 12, Romans 13 says, submit to the authorities above you, right? Not submit to the authorities above you when you agree with them, not when you're willing to do that, but always first Peter, um, same thing. Like it actually says, submit to the governors who are put in power and so forth. Like there's, we've gotten to this point, I think, where when you want to talk about Romans 12 and worship, a lot of people are willing to go so far, but they're not willing to go all the way, all in. They're not willing to say, you know what? Yeah, there's going to be times where I think society should go a different direction, but that's not what I'm all about. I'm all about God and I'm going to follow God, right? And now I don't want to open that can of worms too far because that is definitely 10 future episodes. You went, yeah, you went like, you, yeah. went, a couple, you went a couple of different places. Um, but, but the, the there, point, Dan, the real point, the core point that I'm trying to make here is Romans 12 is an all in. Yes. It's an all in. Like it's not without, there's no hesitation there. It is an all in. God, I yield to you because I may not understand it, but you tell me I'm following it. I'm following it. What is a, a, uh, sacrifice hold back, right? You know, they, they say it's like a, uh, bacon and eggs, uh, breakfast. The, uh, chicken makes a contribution, but the pig is all in. (laughs) (laughs) And the idea of a living sacrifice, right. Is that you're, you're, you're a sacrifice, you're, you're sacrificing yourself, which is that, you know, Lord, not my will, but your will, uh, but yet living, you know, we, we, we all maybe would like to, would like to go out in a blaze of glory as a martyr, but, um, he calls us to just die to ourselves daily. Right. And, um, and a lot of folks don't want to do that. We are called to a life of humble service, right? We are called to a life of humility before God. We don't get say in the matter. Yeah. Scripture is pretty clear. It tells us how to live. You know, and and we can twist it and we can turn it and we can proof text it all we want to. But at the end of the day, you got to take an honest look to what the book says, what the word says, what Christ taught us um, in the gospels and so forth. And then you choose, am I in or am I, am I not, right? There's a difference between um, honestly falling short, right? There's a, there's a difference between right. having an issue that you're trying to deal with alcoholism, whatever it might be. There's a, there's a difference between falling short and being so arrogant that you think you know better there's a huge difference between those two things. Right. Yeah. So my, as we, as we tie that back into, you know, what we do, I mean, we started talking about worship, you know, what is worship? We're talking about, uh, I think the, the primary aspect of worship is being just this totality of the way that we live our lives, you know, before God. So as we, as we think about, the specifics of what we do when we do gather. One of the things that just rises to the surface to me is, and even in this current moment, whether it's in a place, whether it's in a, our traditional place, whether it's an alternate place, whether it's in our living room, whether it's online on Facebook Live or YouTube or Zoom or whatever, what do we what do we go into that gathering, kind of looking for as as the outcome? You know, people just. If we just leave whatever that is, even if it's online or whatever else, just feeling happy and and blessed. I'm not saying we shouldn't feel any of those things, but if we if if it if if it's merely an end unto itself, it misses the point. I guess that's I guess that's sure. sort of where I'm at. And so, you know, we need to think about, I believe, the opportunities that we have to to continue to seek out the the safe and productive and loving opportunities that we do have. But the outcome uh, 
is, and and I want to in our in our Tuesday discussion, people, if you're listening here before this week, join us on Tuesday because I want to we'll bring in some more things as well. That that Facebook Live gives us an opportunity to bring it to go down some different trails, right? To bring in some other scriptures. So please join us for for that discussion as well, where I want to talk about a, a few of the things where the New Testament does say is really, really important about what we do when we gather, uh, when we gather together, but it's got to be, it's got to have that outcome in our lives, Nick. Yeah. And, and, and I think too, the heart component matters, like why you do what you do and, and, and reflecting back. And this is, this is a subject I probably should study a lot more, but so when I say this, this might be a, a topic for conversation from people on the outside. Look, when David sang and danced before the Lord, when he celebrated through this, this sort of worship that a lot of people would say, well, that's what we do on Sunday mornings. That's who he was. It was coming from his heart. It was, he was delighting in his relationship from the Lord, right? It, he wasn't doing that because it was some cultural reason to do that. He was doing it because it came from his heart. Um, and so that's the other piece of worship. Like, I can't tell you, I can't tell you how to worship God your experience, your gifts, your passions. There's a lot of things that are going to come out of you that if we get into that true form of worship, you're the only one with the Holy Spirit's leading that can decide that. So again, when I look at Sunday mornings, there, there is, it is, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't say this in a disparaging way at all, but Sunday morning for most of us is a cultural experience. It's something that we've just grown up in or used to, or that's the institution culture, whatever it is. Don't get confused by that. Don't get hung up in the in the contemporary versus tradition. Don't get caught up in the, you know, are we in the sanctuary or in the gym? Don't get caught up in those types of things because that's not the worship. The worship is what is coming out of your heart. What are we doing as a collective body? Where are we serving? Where do we love our neighbor? Where, you know, all those different things um, that manifest themselves because of our love for God and out of our love for God, that is our true act of worship. Yes. Right. And um, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe bring this back up, but if uh, you guys who are listening to this or watching this, um, look up Hebrews 10, because I want to I want to bring that into our Tuesday discussion as well, too. Uh, a scripture that's used a lot. Right. Do not do not forsake uh, meeting together. Um, it's in every thing, every article you ever read, Nick, online about why not to stop going to church is going to quote that scripture as the, as the primary one. Um, fair enough. But the reason according to that, and again, we'll get more into it later on. We're running out of time here is so that we can spur one another on towards love and good deeds. All these things tie together with all this. We're kind of, we're trying to do this whole biblical theology, right? Where it all ties together and that everything that we do together individually, is the lives that we live before God, loving Him, loving other people? Um, that's what we're after, right? That whole tr that whole life transformation. Right. Absolutely. That that so, that truly is the heart of it. So uh, let's wrap up. We'll, we'll not push them too long. We're at just thirty one minutes here today, folks. Um, we talked about a lot of stuff today. Hopefully, we've been trying to say something that you'll disagree with, okay? So, uh, no, uh, we're, we're, I'm kidding somewhat, but right, this is an issue that really gets people going, I think, this question and all, all of these things, because a lot of people have passionate views, passionate opinions about it. Um, so let's, so engage with the discussion, push back, 
bring in other passages of scripture that you feel like maybe we've neglected or that maybe bring in different aspects of this in the conversation. You can leave us comments here. You can send us emails, text messages, whatever, pigeon, you know, <laughs> whatever you want to do. Uh, jump on the live call if you can, uh, Facebook Live on Tuesday afternoon at two o'clock this coming week where we want to interact with your thoughts, with your comments. Please join us. Have a great weekend. Share this with others. We love you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> See everybody. <laughs>